I Drive SoCal is brought to you by the very best auto retailers from across Southern California. When it's time for you to buy or even just kick the tires on the idea of buying, just go to idrivesocal.com and click on dealers. idrivesocal.com, click on dealers and get connected. Now, on with the podcast. It's more about safety, seeing my fellow riders ride safely than it is important for me to write that person a ticket. When there's a fatality, it doesn't generally occur from the initial impact. It typically happens as a secondary impact once you've been ejected onto the road and then a car doesn't even see you and you end up in their path and then you're struck again. It's from a secondary impact like that that'll end up resulting in serious injury or potentially fatality. Welcome to I Drive SoCal, the podcast all about mobility from the automotive capital of the United States, Southern California. I'm Tom Smith, and today I'm at the California Highway Patrol South office yet again. Um, and with me is California Highway Patrol officer Darren Waibenga. Officer Waibenga, thank you so much for what you do, and thank you for joining me for this podcast. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. So Officer Waibenga is a motorcycle officer. He has been for a very long time. And, uh, today's podcast is on motorcycle safety awareness. Now, as those of you know, listening to the podcast, I'm not from California. I'm from Chicago and, uh, our laws for riding bikes are very different. Um, personally, let me just get this out there. I had a bike when I was a teenager. The second that I, I, I was old enough to defy my parents, I, I got a bike. Um, scared the daylights out of myself. And, and, uh, although I really love the idea, romanticize the idea of having a bike, um, I don't think I'm ever going to own one again in the state of California. Perhaps maybe if I lived in like Paso or something like that, um, officer Wybanga, uh, rides professionally for work and rode personally to get there, uh, meaning rode personally to start riding professionally, but now just rides professionally for work. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, I swear I'm going to let you talk in just a second here, but I wanted to rattle off some statistics that, that Officer Wabenga shared. In 2016, there were 476 fatalities on uh, motorcycle fatalities and over 14,000 injuries. So this is a very serious topic, everybody. Um, you really want to take note. And if you're not a motorcycle rider, um, we're all impacted by it because we're also driving. So uh, Officer Wabenga, as a motorcycle rider or non-motorcycle rider, uh, what kind of high level, uh, points do you have to share with us for, uh, safety awareness month? California is home to the largest number of motorcycle riders. So it's a reality when you're on the road, you're going to see many, many, many motorcycles pass you, um, on either side in front behind one of the most common locations of, of accident occurrence is near the carpool lane. Uh, many motorcyclists are splitting lanes on the double yellow lines between the carpool and the fast lane. And it's just really important to reiterate the fact that you cannot, absolutely cannot cross in and out of that carpool lane unless it's a dotted white line section, which is usually signified by an overhead sign indicating that you can safely pass in and out of the carpool lane at that location. So one solid white, you can cross anytime. Correct. A dotted 
white or what, what, what do you call it? It's not dotted. Right. A broken white broken line. Broken white. Okay. You can cross that. Correct. But if you have two whites next to each other or two yellows next to each other or any combination thereof, no crossing. Correct. Okay. And you may see on the 105 freeway in this particular area, there's four yellow lines. And that freeway was built more recently. Four yellow lines. Don't cross. <laughs> it's almost like a designated motorcycle lane, people will say. Okay. But that just, they put in those lines to allow them some variance if they need to move lanes because of the wearing of the path of the path of vehicles. Okay. They, they have a little leeway. They have some extra space to work with. They can kind of shift the lines, you know, in theory. All right. So they just created a larger space there with four double yellow lines. This one, I mean, I, I told you I wanted to hold this for, for a little bit deeper into the podcast, but the lane splitting just blows my mind. I it, it, and I don't think I'm alone. I think a whole lot of people just kind of breathe deep and like, why? Only in California. Is there any other states that allow lane splitting? There are. Really? Very, very few. But uh, Like California, states that, are, that, that, that have like no population whatsoever, like Montana? Probably. Go ahead. Hey, do 150. Who cares? You know, you might hit a cow. I mean, exactly. California is kind of the leader in that whole category just because of the congestion that we have here okay. and the weather that's works in our favor for riding motorcycles basically year round. While we're on that topic right now, you, uh, you had mentioned off mic that of uh, all California highway patrolmen, there are 400 motorcycle officers, correct? Under, uh, under uh, 400. Oh, under 400. Under 400. Okay. And, and of that 50 um, are the training officers who, who train uh, the, other, the other under 400 officers. Uh, and you happen to be one of those. Yes. One of the training officers. So you're very highly trained, highly skilled, and have been doing it for how many years? 17 years. So let's get a little bit more into lane splitting in a, in a minute. But uh, helmet laws. In, in, I mentioned that I, I rode in, in the Chicago area in, in Illinois and uh, almost never wore a helmet, which is absolutely moronic, I think, on, on my part. Uh, thankfully, I, I made it through that uh, stage of my life. But uh, helmets have been uh, mandated in, in the state of California since early 90s, I believe. Yes, I believe so. The non-use of a helmet is uh, rarely seen. Right. Unless we maybe encounter it in a neighborhood where you have pocket bikes or small little self-made motorcycles. Right. Typically, you know, youth will drive around the neighborhood on those without helmets on. But as far as like on the actual roadways and on the highways... Um, it's not something that we're encountering someone not wearing a helmet. And it seems as though the trend is now that people are wearing helmets that actually meet DOT requirements and are, they're considering their safety when they're buying a helmet. So that's helmets. Now, uh, lane positioning, and then we'll slide into, uh, pun intended, uh, lane splitting. Um, as it pertains to motorcycle safety, uh, what do you tell your fellow officers? So how I was trained was you want to typically travel towards the left side of the roadway. So if you're on a highway, you want to stay towards the carpool lane or the fast lane. If you're traveling in the right-hand lanes, the only time you should do that is anticipation of taking an exit. That's where cars are making typically more lane changes because you've got vehicles coming on the freeway, sure. moving to exit the freeway. There's generally a lot more movement going on 
on the right side of the roadway. Okay. Not to mention that if you're on a, like a city street or road, the chances of a pedestrian running off the sidewalk into the street, the chances of someone opening their door unexpectedly to exit a vehicle that was parallel parked is very common. Um, and you want to give yourself a little bit of reaction distance by being, if there were two lanes on a city street, being in the left lane versus the right. I got my motorcycle license in, in Illinois and we were encouraged to not ride the middle of the lane because that's where the oil slick is. You, you have that same thing here in California Absolutely. too, right? So then that, that even makes more sense because then you're, you're as a motorcyclist, you're to the left of the left lane and therein is the right on the line of the, the express lane. So, uh, anything else to, to, uh, touch on lane positioning before we go to lane splitting? And as far as lane, lane uh, positioning, it was a good point that you brought up. I commonly see riders just riding straight down the middle of the lane. And that tends to be where debris gathers. That tends to be where there's oil. There's, you know, diesel fuel. Any of those things tend to fall in the center of the lane from, obviously, from the location of a motor on a vehicle. Right. Um, and then there's kind of two different thoughts. If you're traveling down, for example, the furthest most left lane, which would be a carpool lane on most freeways here in California. Right. Some people prefer to ride in the right wheel track because if a car does come over, their reaction is going to be to swerve to get away from that vehicle. So that gives themselves they the got a left half, cushion. Yeah, the left half of the lane is a cushion. Um, some people prefer to give themselves the most amount of distance by traveling in the left wheel track, which would create the biggest buffer zone between them and a potential vehicle coming into their path. Right. Whichever you do, um, there's not a right or wrong. I tend to drive in the ride in the right wheel track because reactionary is going to be for me to swerve left and, you know, either accelerate or reduce my speed to avoid that hazard. So lane splitting, I, I, my mind is blown on this one. I, 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 as I mentioned where I, where I come from, you know, you don't do it. It, it, and and here it happens, and I, I guess uh, as you mentioned, Governor Jerry Brown, off mic, you mentioned Governor Jerry Brown uh, made it a. I guess is it what what is it technically? It's not legal, right? Or or, or it is legal? It's it, not illegal. That, that uh -huh. made it legal. Okay, so so there's a section in the Motor Vehicle Code now that makes lane splitting legal under certain parameters. One of those parameters again. Well, those parameters are basically suggestions. There's no hard, fast guidelines for it. Um, essentially, it allows to share a lane with another vehicle proceeding in the same direction. Okay. Um, some of our departmental recommendations and just general safety recommendations are that you don't lane share or split at speeds greater than 30 miles per hour. And with that in mind, that when you are splitting, you're not splitting at a speed that's more than 10 miles an hour greater than what the flow of traffic is doing. So, for example, traffic's basically bumper to bumper, 10 to 20 miles an hour stop and go. Your speeds shouldn't be greater than 20 to 30 miles an hour. As, as a lane splitter. Right. Which... As we discuss off mic, uh, you know, that's far from common practice. It, it seems as though traffic here speeds average during commute 10 to 20 miles an hour, stop and go. 
And it's not uncommon to see several motorcycles pass you at speeds greater than 40 miles per hour, if not 50, 60 miles per hour. If you, as a motorcycle officer, see someone do that, another motorcyclist driving significantly over the suggested 10 mile an hour guideline, you're more than likely not going to risk your life to go track this person down and cite them because they're going to be way down the road. I mean, for lots of reasons, right? Right. And, you know, for me personally as a rider, and I would hope for motorcyclists, it's, it's kind of a, a fraternity. It's a smaller number of people. Yeah. And most of those that ride are passionate about it to the point where they're willing to take risks to do it. Yep. It's more about safety, seeing my fellow riders ride safely than it is important for me to write that person a ticket. It's just that I know being on the road enough and being exposed enough, those kind of practices, it's just a matter of time before someone like that's going to be involved in an accident. And that's my main concern is because the chance of walking away from a motorcycle accident uninjured at those kind of speeds are very unlikely. The majority of motorcycle accidents that you come across are under what circumstance? Typically they're under lane sharing or lane splitting. And generally they are in the carpool fast lane because that's typically where motorcyclists are choosing to split traffic. And the problem here, in addition to that, it's not just the initial impact. It's the fact that you're surrounded by vehicles and the chances are you're going to get thrown off the bike. The bike's going to go down or you're going to get ejected or both. And you're going to put yourself in the, you're going to end up in the roadway of another car. Right. And so typically when there's a fatality, it doesn't generally occur from the initial impact. It typically happens as a secondary impact once you've been ejected onto the road and then a car doesn't even see you and you end up in their path and then you're struck again. And typically it's from a secondary impact like that, that'll end up resulting in serious injury or potentially fatality. Okay. Uh, Officer Waibanga, thank you so much. This is good stuff for Motorcycle Safety Awareness Month, uh, which is the entire month of May, every yes. May, right? Yep. Um, anything else that you'd like to share with um, I Drive SoCal listeners, uh, whether they're riding their motorcycles in California or, or beyond, where you can't lane split? When I'm splitting lanes, I'm covering my clutch, I'm covering my brake, I'm covering my foot brake. I'm taking that extra precaution to be one step ahead of, of the potential driver or hazard that's going to come in my path. You're, you're ready for, for everything. I'm assuming the worst and that way, hoping for the best. And if the worst happens at very least, I can reduce my speeds enough to where it's going to be minimal, or I can reduce my speed and then take an evasive swerve or move to avoid whatever the hazard might be. And just as a reminder, the California Highway Patrol does recommend we have a motorcycle safety training course that we recommend, which is CMSP. Um, it's a motorcycle course, and their number is 1-877-RIDE-411, or they have a website at www.californiamotorcyclist.com. And many of these safety courses are taught by former riders, departmental riders, officers who have had extensive training and want to impart that on new riders. Awesome. 
Officer Ibanga, thank you again so much uh, for joining me, and thank you for uh, doing what you do, keeping us safe out there on the highways. And uh, for everyone out there listening, uh, be safe. Keep an eye out for the motorcyclists and uh, you motorcyclists. Uh, be careful. For I Drive SoCal, I'm Tom Smith. Thanks for listening. was engineered and edited by Micah Palmquist. Hey there. Still wanting more iDrive SoCal content? Just go to iDriveSoCal.com. From there, you can subscribe to our podcast and newsletter. And you can connect with one of our awesome car dealer partners to get yourself a sweet new high-tech wonder on wheels. And oh yeah, we always want to hear from you. So please connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Or if you're not a big social media-ite, You can email us suggestions for stories, people, places, or events you think we should cover. Here's the address, media at idrivesocal.com. That's media, M-E-D-I-A, at, the letter I, drive, D-R-I-V-E, socal, S-O-C-A-L, dot com. Media at idrivesocal.com. Thanks again for listening and definitely reach out with whatever's on your mind.